When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. It's our wrap of day four from Headingley. I'm Menes. I'm joined by special guest John Baruch from Fox Sports, digital sports reporter for Fox Sports. John, welcome back to the show. What a win for England. They're back in the series. Thanks for having me back, Menes. It's great to be here. I, I think it's great that I, I think this test series doesn't doesn't really deserve any dead rubbers, does it? And full credit to England there back in the series and sure as hell come alive, haven't haven't that, hasn't it, with so many things that have gone wrong. And it just feels that with every passing test and session in this um, test series that it's a matter of who can, who can throw the most punches and one team punches first, the other team punch, punches back. And today England threw the final punch and the knockout blow and got over the line. And we had to Manchester in a couple of weeks. Australia still leading 2-1, but it's game on. It is game on. Yeah, I'd be happy if Australia won in Manchester and the Oval was a dead rubber. I don't think my heart <laughs> can take three after three nail-biting test matches. So Australia lost. Well, England won by three wickets. They chased down 251 with three wickets in hand. The star for England was Harry Brook with 75 not out. Uh, Chris Wokes made a lovely 32 not out at the end to guide them home. And the irrepressible Mark Wood was also 16 not out for Australia. The hero with the ball was Mitchell Stark, who took a five for 78, his 14th test five-wicket haul. And, uh, you know, going back to the beginning of play, Jono, I thought Australia started slowly and they worked their way into the game. And, you know, when Stark got Duckett and then Mo and Ali, the door just opened for Australia. Yeah, 100%. You felt going into today that Australia needed to shop early and really make some big breakthroughs within that within that first hour and um as you as you mentioned it took 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 the Aussies a little bit of time to properly get into it but once Stark found his line found his length he got Duckett walking across the stumps and then went through Moinali in what was a bit of a surprise to everyone to see um, Moinali come right up the order to first drop which um pr- which demoted Harry Brook down to his regular number five fives position, which, as he said, managed to guide England home. But that was a bit of a worry. And then 
again, you just sort of said that it's great that Australia needed to shop early, as I said, and get those early, two early wickets, but they just had to keep breaking through pivotal moments, which I thought they did. They really, really could have used one extra wicket just before the lunch break there, but I felt they were pretty on point for most of the first session. They didn't really let England get too far away and broke through exactly when they needed to. Mm. Apparently, Moeen Ali said to the coach and skipper the night before that he wanted to bat three, and although he failed with the bat at three, only making five, he did protect Brooke, who played that pivotal innings. Um, the next to go was Zach Crawley, caught by Carey off Mitchell Marsh, and uh, the, uh, the Mitchell Marsh did the double over Crawley, got him in both innings. Now, in that first session, Jono, there's a few things that concern me. Firstly, I thought right throughout the day, Mitchell Stark was head and shoulders above the other quick bowlers. Pat Cummins ended the day 15 overs, one for 77. Scott Boland, 11 overs, none for 49. They both looked relatively ineffective. And, you know, Stark had to do it all, all on his own. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And the final bowling um, the final bowling card um, further paints that picture with Stark getting five of the seven seven wickets. I think I think Pat Cummins won't admit it, but I think he's cooked. He's played four tests pretty much in a row. Um, now starting from the World Test Championship all the way to the end of this day now. So I think he's of, of the entire cartel and the Australian setup is looking forward to having over a week's break and being able to rest that body of his. I think I don't know if we'll see Scott Boland again on this um, Ashes Tour menace. I've got a, got a bit of a premonition about it. He's only taken the two wickets for the tour. He's gone it over about five and a half and over. He bashes away on that consistent length. But with basketball, it's all about getting out of your, getting out of your crease and upsetting the bowler's length and really trying to work that in. I, as much as Boland's played T20 cricket and has gone around the BBL, I just don't know if he's got enough in his repertoire to really stray from that line and mix it up and bowl slower balls and Yorkers, particularly with the Duke ball and particularly seeing how hard England have gone after him. So no doubt that's been affecting him. And as you said, Mitchell Stark, who said he, who said he couldn't bowl in England? What an unbelievable, um, what an unbelievable um, performance from him and you, you talk about Mark Wood being that massive point of difference for England mixing up that same attack well Mitchell Stark the big left armour can bowl it at 150 k's an hour can swing it both ways and when he gets it spot on like he did today um, early on and then again right after lunch um, he's a handful and he's going to be he looms large over these next two tests for Australia if they want to get up Definitely. Um, well, a couple of things I want to pick up from. I, I think you can say now safely they got it wrong picking a Boland over Hazelwood in this match. You would have loved Hazelwood today, um, bowling, trying to defend that small total. And you're right, Pat Cummins to me did look cooked. And I thought tactically we we were pretty off the mark a lot of today. Now, I thought his treatment of Todd Murphy was bordering on ridiculous. He didn't bring him on until only 30 runs were needed for victory. And, and I thought Cummins had to take a punt sort of halfway through the first session, bring Murphy on and see what's in the pitch for the spinner, see if he can get something out of it. 
And you can't wait until there's only 30-odd runs to bring him into the attack. It just seemed completely ridiculous. Murphy only bowled two overs in that final chase, and that's going to destroy his confidence. Yeah, I was like you and like many other um, commentators. I was quite puzzled with a day four wicket. Um, you saw what Moed Ali was able to do on day two, no less, and yet he was gifted a couple of his wickets by some really ordinary shots from Steve Smith and Arnas Lavashane. But you just wonder what they'll do, particularly after, and I've written a bit about this in the in the aftermath. I felt like Pat Cummins really made the down, the down payment on Todd Murphy in that first innings, particularly when Stokes was going after him and they backed him in to say, no, 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 you're our guy get us this wicket. And sure enough, as much as he went the journey a little bit, he ended up getting the wicket of Stokes. So I was kind of hoping that Cummins would believe in Murphy a bit more like he did in that first innings and give him a shot a little bit earlier on. And 100%, he had to believe him. And again, you bring him on the over before lunch and have a look what's there. Yeah, he goes around a little bit and then the quicks do the jobs after lunch. So you, understand, you kind of think, well, maybe keep the quicks on. But I agree. You had to have a look at him and you need to look at him. And he'll he'll play in Manchester. I'm sure I'm sure of that. I'm sure he'll play the Oval as well. But I'm, I think there will be a conversation about that. Todd Murphy is, is an attacking off spinner. He's going to keep coming at you. And there's no doubt England will keep coming, coming at you. I'm sure this wasn't his plans to really play all these Ashes tests this time around, but it's great experience. And Pat Cummins knows firsthand just how good he can be. He excelled in India on his first tour against some of the best players to spin in the world and give him a chance to really show off his skills here. Yeah, well, he, I thought Pat Cummins stuffed it today. I mean, you, you, in the fourth innings of a test match, you've got one spinner. You have to back him in. You have to give him a spell. And he, Murphy didn't get it, so he's, he's got a reason to be dirty. I also thought Cummins, and it's it's been symptomatic of this whole series, but defending such a small total, I still thought there were too many easy singles in and around um, that infield. That they Not only did they have the sweepers back, but, there wasn't really much pressure around the bat and England rotated the strike a little bit too comfortably. Yeah, well, that's been a tactic from the Australians all the way through to set the two fielders back. I like what they did early on today, man, as I'm not sure if you noticed, but they actually brought deep point up when Joe Root first came to the wicket, which was a lovely, lovely change to just not see, like, here, here Joe, you're the best batter in the world. Get off the mark easy and get away into your hitting. So... I like that. I thought they could have been a bit more attacking, particularly when they still had runs to play play with and they were taking wickets. But I, again, I, it's probably a way that the way that England have played, and because there's really nothing much between these two sides. Yeah, this score score line is two one, and really is, but there really isn't that much between these two sides, pound for pound. And I think. Australia is trying to minimise as much damage as possible and trying to say, well, we can save some runs and back our world-class bowlers to still take 20 wickets, which was the belief today. So it's kind of hedging your bets a little bit each way. So I can understand that. I would have liked to see them attack a little bit more, particularly when get one wicket. Um, I, for the life of me, can't understand bowling bumpers at the tail when they're just going to back away. Just bowl at stumps, please, bowl 
bowlers, just really aim at aim at the pegs and make it a game of you decide hit. Um, I could have could have told you Buck was hitting that ball for six um, in mm. any day when he when he came in this evening. So there, there's some there's some discussions to be had. They've got about nine days to sort it out. I'm sure you'll probably see some different tactics because I think what we've learned so far, particularly in the tactical battle, I think in England led by Ben Stokes, absolutely brilliantly. He's a one-man um, talisman leader, heartbeat of that team. He needs some mates to come with him, whereas Australia, they've just got experience all the way down the list. So I think you'll see Australia really tapping into that. And Pat still, can we say Pat's still a young captain? Well, he's certainly still struggling and he's still inexperienced. Yeah, and I, think, I mean, well, just, just on something today when, so just after lunch, you know, they get root before lunch, then they go Stokes Bairstow after lunch, and then uh, Wokes joins um, Brooke out there. And Cummins kept, about. Yeah, and he kept persisting with Boland, who was just absolutely doing nothing. And it let Wokes get away, and eventually they put on a, a crucial partnership. They put on 59, Brooke and Wokes, and that was really the difference. And I just thought at the key moments, Cummins didn't quite pull the right reins. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And Stokes, not Stokes, Wokes could properly bat as we saw today and he ended up hitting the winning runs. I had a very, very good test match, Chris Wokes. I'm sure we'll see him for the rest of the series. But So he's he's a very good cricketer. And I think it validates the changes that England made to their 11. They reconfigured their attack knowing that Ben Stokes wouldn't be able to bowl and they probably wouldn't have accounted for Ollie Robinson going down injured. But you look at you look at all the way down the batting list to have, okay, yeah, they, they reconfigured the top order, but to have Moen Ali at seven, um, Chris Works at number eight. Two, the, the, Chris Works has a test hundred. Moen Ali has got multiple test hundreds. And um, Mark Wood, we saw, can give it a whack. And Stuart Broad, as we saw, can also give it a whack as well. So... They bat all the way down, and there's a little bit more metal to that batting lineup. It looked like as well. So even when, even when they did get um, Stokes and Bester after lunch, as he said, you're thinking, well, this isn't over because Wokes can properly bat, um, Broad can give it a whack, Mark Wood can give it a whack. So it would have taken something special. So I think, mm. as as we alluded, as we alluded to before, Boland probably had his worst outing in Australian lights, and I. Think that might be it for him for the tourists, especially with um Hazelwood. You'd expect to be fresh and coming back into the frame for old Trafford, Cameron Green. We don't know what's going to happen there. Michael Nees is going back to county cricket, but surely he'd be getting a getting a look soon. Just just look at his numbers and say how how, how wouldn't he be handy, particularly in some of these conditions as well. So it's plenty of selection conversations to be had. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So the heroes for England, Harry Brooks, 75 not out. Chris Wokes, 32 not out. Returned to the team, took six wickets. And in the end, England have clawed their way back in the series. And it was another seesawing, topsy-turvy test match. I mean, you know, this has had everything already, this series. And I just think in this match in particular, you know, probably where England won it was, you know, knocking us over, taking six for 20. 23 in that first innings and then um on that third afternoon getting those key wickets sorry on that second afternoon getting the key wickets of Labashane and Smith just before stumps opened the game up and 
in the end, as I said, Australia, although they battled on that last day, I, I think a disappointing bowling performance. Yeah, and you really got back to you really go back even further than that. Lunchtime on lunchtime on day two, England are seven five forty two and really looking so far away. England come out after lunch with um, Barkwood and Ben Stokes and Wood adds twenty four and eight deliveries and that just sets Stokes on his way to pull England out of another really deep hole. So that's really where the game changed there for mine. And then you, they finally get a chance to bat in the best batting conditions they've had all um, all series, really. And they Steve Smith, Marnus Lubbershane throws his get away. He hasn't really looked near it this series yet, Marnus. And Steve Smith as well in his 100th test um, throwing his wicket away. They're playing a really loose shot. So those two have quite a bit to prove, particularly going into Old Trafford. Steve Smith will have Great memories of the last time he played at Old Trafford um, with his um, double hundred and his 80 in 2019. So he'll be looking to go big there again. I, and as I said, I think that's really where the game changed there. And just from there, it really looked like he would be driving the bus. He knew that any play that they'd get on day three was an absolute bonus for England to be able to go out, make use of the overhead conditions and really just be able to try knock over Australia as cheaply as they as I did, you probably would have spoken about Travis Head, but that innings looked better and better the more mm. the more that the England the England batting innings today went on. So, really good stuff from him there to try and give a little bit more respectability to the Australians' total and really the Australians' cause. And if not for some errant fielding, um, the game could have been over. The margin the margin at the end of the game could have been quite big up, and the game could have been over sooner. Yeah, indeed. So England back in the series, and I, I think you're spot on. I, I think this break has come at the perfect time for Australia. Cummins needs a break. I think our, our top order needs a break. They look a bit frazzled and a bit tired. And we saw it actually after Headingley in 2019. I mean, we you know, we suffered that terrible defeat to Ben Stokes and uh, some poor umpiring at the end there. So they got the win. And and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we secured the Ashes at Old Trafford. So I don't see any reason why Australia can't do that, Jono. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like, I'd, like to, I'd like to agree with you there as well, Menas. I think the break's coming at the right time. And so it's been a frantic season. It's been a frantic series for everyone, really. I think we all need to take some time and have a bit of a deep breath. So... <laughs> It's, it's coming at a fantastic time, everyone. But it's been, as I said off the top, it's a series that really, as much as Australian fans want it to be wrapped up early, it's a, it's a series for cricket, of test cricket, that doesn't really deserve any dead rubbers. So really, you're looking you're looking at it and you're going, geez, well, this series has been, we always thought it was going to be a great series. It's already a great series. So the, the level of cricket has been, unbelievable and to see where it could potentially get to um i'm just as excited for july 19 to come around well Jono, thanks for joining me on this wrap of day four from headingley thanks listening listeners for joining me right throughout the test match catching up with lisa stalaker in the next couple of days to have a bit of chat about all things cricket news but everybody thanks for listening and we'll be back soon This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.